0: Five on the spin for the Miami Marlins. Yes, sir. Five-game winning streak, and it was an 11-0 dub. Yes, you heard that correct. The Marlins beat the Toronto Blue Jays 11-0. 19 hits for the Marlins. This is exactly what Kim Ang envisioned at the start of the year when she constructed this lineup and this roster. The Marlins are hot, baby they have a chance to take the series this evening with Uri Perez, the hottest pitcher for the Marlins going. But just how big was it from the bullpen yesterday? Equally, we've got an all-star voting update, no doubt about it, and a Jazz Chisholm Jr. rehab update, all on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, guys, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. You can find me on Twitter primarily triggering Braves fans right now. No doubt about it. I just—it's so easy. It's so easy. They just get so defensive about Ronald Acuna for some reason. I'm not even talking about Acuna. while well, I am, but anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod. Hit subscribe, leave a review. Um, This, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel. Head on over to there. Hit subscribe also. You will see the graphics are up. The lineup is up. Tons to get into on today's episode off the back of a huge dub for the Marlins. For the everydayers and for the guys listening yesterday, you will know I was a bit concerned about this game for obvious reasons. Brian Hoeing was the starter. Jose Barrios was the starter for the Blue Jays. It looked like a mismatch. In the end, it was a mismatch, but completely the opposite way around. It was a perfection of a performance from the Marlins, both in terms of their pitching, their defense, and the offense. It was all perfection. Wild scenes. One of the best victories of the season in many ways. One of It was a blueprint victory yesterday. That game offensively anyway, was exactly what Kim Ang designed this year. And it's one of the first times where it's really, truly showed out, where it was just hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, even in the first inning. You're thinking, oh boy, here we're going to bust it open early. They couldn't. But in the end, the Marlins prevail big time. And it was spearheaded by Luis Arias. Another five-hit day. Yes, you heard that right. Another Five Hit Day. Before we get into all of the action, this episode is sponsored by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app. You can create an account and use the code Locked On MLB for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out as well to all the new listeners that are joining in. I uh, found this podcast, this YouTube channel for maybe the first time. I just want to call out to say, welcome along. Um, it's completely fine and acceptable to be joining the bandwagon at this moment. No problem. Everyone is welcome, even bandwagon fans. No problem at all. Some people are a bit confused by this situation, though, because they're like, hold on a minute. Locked on Marlins. A, amazing network. B, amazing show. C, why is is this British dude hosting it? And how did he become a Marlins fan? So briefly, just to bring everyone up to speed, many people have heard this before, but just for the new guys, because they're asking the question. I went over to Miami in 2016, watched a game, went to Lone Depot, or was Marlins Park back then. Um, I wasn't a huge baseball fan at that point, um, but I decided there and then at that moment that I was going to start following baseball more closely. And I decided to pick the Marlins as my team, naturally, because I'd been there, I'd seen them. I saw Stanton hit a home run. I thought, this team looks fun. This team looks interesting. I like the vibe. Let's go. So I made my commitment there and then. I had no knowledge of who was good, who wasn't good. And in hindsight, should I have picked the Marlins? Absolutely, I should have. It's been glorious covering this team and following this team since 2016 for many mental health reasons, I would say. Boy, oh boy, it's been a test. But guys, how amazing is this now? The Marlins are truly playing well. They are, by everyone's barometer right now, a top 10 team in Major League Baseball. (coughs) There's so many other surprises happening right now across Major League Baseball too, which is great to see. The Cincinnati Reds, trending. The Arizona Diamondbacks, trending. The Marlins, trending. Texas Rangers, trending. So much going on across the game right now. And a lot of the old, you know, old money, let's call it, they're kind of struggling. It's great to see. Baseball, It's kind of flipped on its head. And with all these new storylines coming out, it's just great to see. And the Marlins are a big part of that. They're a big part of it in the offseason with uh, Kim Ang obviously hiring Skip Schumacher. First-time manager. So the pressure was on Kim. It was her first hire. First-time hiring um, a manager, a big league manager. And she nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Also the big news in the offseason. Jazz Chisholm Jr., Transitioning out to center field. How was that going to work out? Well, he's been on the IL for a while. He's, he's making a rehab start. We're going to talk about that shortly anyway. But, you know, that was another big wrinkle. And the trade, the Pablo Lopez, Luis Arias trade. That was a big, big conversation in the offseason, too. Many people at that point thinking that the Marlins overpaid, that it maybe felt fair one for one, but the Marlins have to add two prospects to get Luis Arias. It felt you know, like maybe the Marlins were going to come out on the wrong side of this one. Granted, we into the back end of June. <coughs> but from what we've seen thus far, it's fair to say that this trade has been a big, fat dub. Huge dub. Luis Arias, and again, the everydayers will know this, but some people are new to this channel. So i got to put it out there. Luis Arias is an absolute unicorn. There's no one like him in the game right now. There just isn't. And it's not about looking and going, oh, we had five hits and five singles. And, oh, you know, watch the games. Watch the games and see how good Luis Araez truly is. He's absolutely fantastic. He's brilliant. Another five hits yesterday. Um, and it was funny because his final at-bat, he came up with the bases juiced, one out. I think it was 7-0 at that point. I do wonder how, how much consideration went into that with... Potentially even walk in Luis Arias and walk in a run in, and in the end, that would have been maybe the right decision. That would have been a better decision than letting Luis Arias hit with the bases juice because you let him hit. He lines one oppo two runs score. You could have walked him. You could have walked him and minimized it to one. That's how good he is. Where he's he's been intentionally walked more than any Marlins hitter that I can remember, Um, and. We're, in, we're entering that phase now. Even with the bases juiced, you consider walking around. I mean, there was no real need. The game wasn't like truly, truly on the line. It was 7 0. And so it was just about like limiting the damage and for the Blue Jays, just like getting out of there. Um, but I thought it was an interesting wrinkle. I do wonder if anything went into that, um, whether there was any sort of discussion. The Marlins, though, fundamentally, they have, you know, they, their lineup is propped up, is led by. Probably the best one-two punch in the game right now, at this point anyway. Um, I've got no stats to back that up, but I don't care. Um, Luis Arias and Jorge Soler, that one-two. The funny thing is, right, there was a lot of discourse around that, of like, Luis Arias led off to start the year. The Marlins had a major issue driving in runs, so Arias kind of slid down the order. Jazz flipped to the top. Jazz back on the IL, not back on the IL, but to the IL. Arias then back leading off. Now you end up in this spot with Arias-Solair, that one-two punch where Arias is pretty much going to get on base like, you know, 60, 70% of the time. It's like insane. Solair is hitting with someone on. Solair is second in Major League Baseball in home runs. So it's that on-base power threat combo combined, which is just causing havoc. And the interesting bit is Jazz is not a million miles away from coming back. Like first rehab start happening this evening, yes, sir, Jazz Chisholm Jr. making his first rehab start. The question will be, how quickly can he get back? Secondly, when he does, where does he hit in this lineup? Because for me, you just cannot, you can't touch that one-two punch. A Ryaz one-two, it's just been so effective. So where does Jazz slot in? For me, it feels perfect. Slot him in in the three-hole. Three-hole Jazz. De La Cruz, De La Cruz four, maybe Sanchez four, Coop when he's in the lineup five, and then either Sanchez or De La Cruz in six. All of a sudden that lineup, it's looking long. It's looking long. Plus you add into that, maybe Nick Fortes, maybe John Birdie. I'm going to talk about Birdie as well because Gene Segura goes down. Next thing is, Birdie's playing more at third base. He's back-to-back days with three hits, John Birdie. So, I mentioned it on Twitter saying, is this addition by subtraction? Gene Segura's had a real rough start of the year, no doubt. Birdie getting some more playing time over at third base, and he's delivering. Delivering, absolutely. Tons more to get into here. We have to talk about the pitching, too. We can't just talk about the offense yesterday because it wasn't truly just the offense. The pitching absolutely delivered also. Before we do that, though, guys... Reminder, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. Yes, sir. This one is all about getting tickets to your favorite events, and it shouldn't be a stressful experience, guys. It shouldn't. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Um, you can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Is there any more? And more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can't say fairer than that. You really can't. What have you got to do? It's pretty simple. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code MLB. It's all one word and caps. Locked on MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Stunning. Still dealing with this cough. It's hanging around. It's lingering. Lingering injury. But I'm plowing through, guys. I'm doing as best as I can. Um, So... We have to talk about the pitch, and we have to start with... Because this was this was a glorified bullpen game, effectively, right? Brian Hoeing had, like, 60, 65 pitches in the chamber. He had 60, 65 bullets. How far can you go, Brian Hoeing? And boy, oh boy, the against the Blue Jays lineup... But let me just throw this out there right now. The Blue Jays hadn't been shut out for, like, nearly 100 games. They hadn't been shut out once this year. And the Marlins, the Blue Jays come into town, and the Marlins are the first team to shut out the Blue Jays. And you then, you know, for those, like, casual fans or those not, you know, following the Marlins that closely, go, wow, okay, the Marlins, they absolutely spanked the Blue Jays last night. It was 11-0. I wonder who was pitching for the Marlins because, yeah, shut out there. <coughs> Impressive. Sandy, is Sandy back? No. Lazardo, then it must be. No. What about Eddie Cabrera? No, well, he's on the IL. Trevor Rogers, is No. Johnny Cueto? No. Yuri Perez, even. No. Oh, it was Brian Hoeing, Huascar Brazaban, JT Chaguar, and Archie Bradley. Those dudes combined for the first shutout of 2023 for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's stunning. Stunning. And it was, it was led by Brian Hoeing, who was absolutely wonderful yesterday. Just a ground ball machine. Skip Schumacher spoke about it after the game, just how effective he was with his ground ball, how much he was just on the offensive with his you know, first pitch, just in and around the strike zone all the time. It's a scary lineup and he did an, a, a stellar job. I think equally as important was the two innings out of Brazaban. He had a real rough stretch, got sent down, and then was recalled almost immediately because of uh, Edward Cabrera going down Brazaban, straight back in the mix, multi-inning guy. It's what he did best. He had that real nice stretch of the year. And Brazzaban looked back. And for me, so critical. We don't know. We don't know the prognosis for Edward Cabrera. It's, you know, it's it's a throwing shoulder. Never sounds good. Never sounds good. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe this Brian Hoeing Brazzaban kind of, you know, piggyback situation might be around for a while. And by yesterday's results. I've got no problem with it. Absolutely none. Really, really impressive from Brian Hoeing. And I mean, just overall, like what a year Brian Hoeing has had. He had, you know, he had a little taster of the big leagues in 22. And it was it was poor, really poor. He got us to start a couple of games. Um, you know, came out of the pen too, but boy oh boy, it was not good. Right now, he's sitting with a 270 RA. Last night, four innings, three hits, no walks, which I think is critical, and five K's. Five K's Brazaban then with those two innings. And three K's. So through six innings there, through Hoing and Brazzaban against one of the best offenses in the league, give up four hits, no walks, and eight K's. You can't ask more. You you literally can't ask for more than that from those dudes. Absolutely stunning. And that set the tone. That there set the tone and allowed the Marlins offense to do what it does best. And I don't think I mean, yesterday was was the best it's ever been. Nineteen hits season high, like I said, led by Arias. There was one, there was a couple of nice plays defensively, but one in particular. John Birdie snagged the ball that came at him at about 58,000 miles an hour from Vlad, absolutely blasted at him, and he went back and made this grab. He looked like a hockey goalie. By all accounts, he was hyping it up after the game, saying that he'd been practicing that for years as a kid, as a hockey goalie, and et cetera, et cetera. But John Birdie, baby, at third base, I want to talk about his offense, but we have to talk about the defense, too, in that spot there. So impressive. They end up rolling a double play in that spot, um, and it was all led by that that glove. I do also want to talk about Jonathan Davis, just briefly. He's not on the agenda, but it's been something that's been in my mind for the last week or two, thinking about Jazz's return. And when we think back to when Jazz was playing every day in center field, obviously, the early couple of games, there was like some real harem scare moments as he kind of settled in he really did settle into it then and looked really nice out in the outfield but i must say as a as a viewer i, I always there's this kind of back of the mind nervousness for some reason about jazz and center field because maybe just the way he plays the game the way he throws himself around but also just the fact that it's new to him in that position so there is a learning curve and the learning curve is always there but is athleticism helps him, helps kind of bail himself out of things. So there was this kind of like excitement, anxiety around watching jazz in center field. And it was a freaky issue, obviously with the, the toe, um, the toe issue on that kind of exposed concrete slab, which was just insane anyway, when you think about it. But what I must say in the long winded way of talking about Jonathan Davis, what I must say is Jonathan Davis in center field, I, I don't I don't feel the same way. You know where there's just like a professional guy out there that is really good in center field and just makes it look easy? There's no nervousness. It all just flows with Jonathan Davis in center field. And again, we have to tip our cap to to Kim going and making that deal. She could have easily just said, you know what, I think Garrett Hampson will be okay. I think we'll roll with Hampson and that's going to be fine. Hampson has stayed on this roster throughout too, but Jonathan Davis um, has, has been a big part of this club and particularly just solidifying that center field spot, how important that's been. So just the tip of the cap to Jonathan Davis. I mean, let's see what happens when Jazz is back. Clearly, you know, they'll need to make room on the roster. Um, <coughs> there's a few decisions to be made. I do wonder, I do wonder if, you know, maybe... Jonathan Davis still plays a decent role in center field. Obviously when jazz was, um, you know, was, was healthy at the start of the year, he was pretty much out there every day, maybe the odd blow against the lefty. And that was about it. So I think that's really intriguing. something to kind of dig into in, 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 you know, next couple of days, as we start to get closer, let's see how quickly this rehab progresses. Um, Let's see what workload he's taking this evening. We've obviously got a four-game series after the Blue Jays series at home with the Pirates, and then you've got that two-city road trip. You know, the expectation, the most likely situation is he joins the club for that road trip and is activated for the Red Sox series. But who knows? You know, with Jazz, like, I know he wants to get involved with some of these hype, you know, the hype, the vibes, everything that's happening around um, playing at home right now. You know, Jazz wants to be in there. So I'm intrigued. Maybe he accelerates it a bit quicker. Maybe the Marlins are cautious. I don't know. We'll wait to see, but let's see what he can do in in Jacksonville this evening, his first rehab game. Running long on time, still got a few minutes left here, and there's a few items still to talk about. I want to talk about John Birdie at third base. Already talked about the defense, but I must say, back-to-back days there, John Birdie, three hits for him. And (coughs) it's no shocker that Birdie delivering that at third base versus what we've seen with Gene Segura with just like really limited amounts of production and the ground at the double play situations too. birdie. Every club needs a birdie. They really do. The interesting bit of him is just like how the stolen base count has kind of gone down in this year, which is kind of a little bit weird in some ways, but you know, every club needs a John birdie. He is so valuable to this team, not just at third base, but just, you know, all over the field. It's so impressive. And listen, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, like we kind of saw it with Avacel Garcia, He goes down. Next thing is, Jesus Sanchez starts hitting and stakes his claim. We haven't really seen much of Avi. He was on the bench yesterday, I did see, which is interesting. Um, But, you know, no rehab activity or progress for Avi. Are the Marlins slow playing it? I don't know. But I do wonder if the Marlins try to slow play it with Gene Segura too. Because all of a sudden, John Birdie there at third base looking nice. And maybe, okay, Gene comes back and you know, maybe there's more split playing time anyway. Jacob Amaya is going to get another opportunity this evening uh, against the lefty uh, at shortstop two. So we're going to get, you know, another look at Jacob Amaya. Uh, But again, Wendell's been really effective at shortstop two. So everything seems to be coming together here for the Marlins. It's led by Luis Arias. It's led by Hoi Soler. But you've then got the Bash brothers, who kind of went cold for a touch. But yesterday, you know, like everyone, they heated up. But for me, the catalyst here, it's been birdie at the bottom of this order. Really nice. All-star update, guys. Luis Arias remains, rightly so, as the projected starter for the second baseman for the NL squad, of course. Um, I I think Ozzy Albies is the only one that can really catch him. But if Ozzy Albies isn't leading by now, then that says to me that he won't be caught. And he shouldn't be. Luis Arias should be the starting (coughs) all-star at second base. The real dilemma comes at this DH spot where... And since the last update, nothing's changed fundamentally. The same guys in the same order. JD Martinez looks to be the starter. Bryce Harper um, in, in 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 second. Travis Darno in third. Hoy Soler in fourth position. Hoi um, Soler never been an all-star. He should be this year. He absolutely deserves to be an all-star. His production has been insane. Uh, he's right up there in terms of home run production. He is just a wonderful DH. And actually... He's playing the field tonight because they got a lefty going. Um, So, um, you know, Guriel and Coop playing. And actually, when he's played in right field, he's actually hit a ton as well. So he's been really effective as a hitter, too, when playing the outfield. But Jorge Soler deserves to be an all-star by the fan voting. He's not going to be because you've got so many big names with some big clubs. I put out there on Twitter earlier on, like, I've got no problem with fan voting. Um, to try and determine all-stars, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I get the engagement, but none of the guys currently in the one, two, or three spots in the DH voting, none of those three have a war of one or above. Just let that sink in. You've got guys, DH guys, being voted in that don't even have a one war or above season. It's wild. So for me... I'm all for fan voting, but if they don't reach a certain level, if there's not a certain level of war, then the fan voting is discounted. You know, I'm putting that forward right now, a little tweak to it, because if that was the case, Roy Soler would be your projected starting DH. Does anyone really care? I don't know. I don't know. But Soler deserves it. He does. He may end up getting it because, you know, it's... Some guys will drop out, like Dano and Bryce, maybe drop out. Maybe even J.D. Martinez. I don't know. But to be honest with you, Jorge Soler, he's he, he's in contract year mode. Um, I just get the sense, like, Jorge Soler, even if he – I talked about it for the, the home run derby. <laughs> Spoke about it for that, but there's no way he'll – be, he'll be invited, but he won't accept uh, because he's protecting his body. And I think the same is true for the All-Star game. It's a glorified exhibition. It's a flight to Seattle that he definitely doesn't want to be making. Um, so even if he makes the All-Star, you know, backup, backup, reserve thing situation, I don't think Jorge is playing. So wait to see. One final thing, guys, before we get out of here, um, and we can all look forward to a glorious evening of Yuri Perez taking on the Blue Jays. Um, I just want to talk about the attendance from yesterday. Spoke about it on yesterday's show, and the everyday is listening in. Um, We'll remember this. (coughs) I'm intrigued. There was a big push yesterday, like a PR monsoon from every outlet out there talking about attendance and trying to get the bums in the seats. And I have to be honest, you know, normally on a Monday, a Monday evening, you know, you're drawing under 10,000 yesterday, the ballpark, there was over 12,000 there. So that was amazing to see. And those fans were rewarded big time. Last night, 11 0 against the Blue Jays, 11 0 and five hits from Luis Arias, and an absolute line drive, smoked bomb from Hoy Soler, hits up and down the lineup, you name it, plus a shutout from the an effectively a glorified bullpen game. What more could you ask for? For like you know, three bucks or five bucks or ten bucks. I'm very intrigued to see whether it's sustainable. Yuri Perez is going this evening, he should be a big draw. He's been the Marlins' best pitcher this year. Follow that up on Wednesday. Sandy Alcantara is going. Sandy, the reigning Cy Young king. So let's see if the Marlins and all of this effort they've put into creating this type of club, whether the fans show, and I truly hope they do, because listen, if the fans show up, the players are going to play loose. They're going to enjoy it. That's what they want to see. That's what they want to hear. They want the encouragement. All the other clubs get that and, and some. So I'm intrigued to see the way the attendance is, you know, let, let's see if it ticks up a bit. These Marlins have done everything right this year, and they deserve fans to be out there because, A, it's cheap. B, it's good quality baseball, and it's fun. So we'll wait to see. With that being said, guys, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Um, the sun has just popped back out from a cloud, so I'm getting blinded by the sun now for the guys' Um the guys watching. Uh, Yuri Perez is going this evening. Uh, he's sitting at four and one right now with a one eight ERA. Kikuchi, the lefty, going for the Blue Jays. He's six and two, so good wins and losses, but a four thirty one ERA. The Marlins going with their lefty, uh, their lefty specialist lineup, i.e., all righties galore. So we'll wait to see. It's definitely been an improvement from the Marlins this year. So you got to have high hopes. If Yuri Perez has another similar start of five innings plus of under two-run ball, then boy, oh boy, Uri Perez, I'm going to be absolutely hyping him on tomorrow's episode. And we are going to have to start having the conversation about Uri Perez in terms of the all-star conversation because, you know, he's doing everything that he can. He's been one of the best pitchers in the game since he has been up. With that being said, guys, I'll be back tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you then. Hopefully celebrating a Marlin series win against the Blue Jays. I'll see you then.